following is an exclusive Disruption Network production. In the heart of East Utica lies Joey's at 307. That's 307 Mohawk Street. It's where the eclectic old school meets the new school cuisine. Dine in and enjoy some amazing seafood dishes, classic Utica Italian dishes, a revolving dinner menu, and even offering catering. Call them at 315-864-3527. Joey's at 307. You're going to love it. Support for this podcast is brought to you by BallWash.com. Stay protected from odors in itch, the essential must-have product to keep your crotch fresh. Feeling good and smelling great throughout the day and throughout your workouts. Remember, guys, the fun doesn't have to stop in the shower. Get the funk off your junk. Use the promo code Members Only and get 15% off all your sales. Use promo code Members Only for 15% off. Again, that's BallWash.com. Members Only for promo code for 15% off. The camera's right here. What up? The camera's everywhere, dog. Ah, camera's everywhere. We're live on Disruption <laughs> Network. How are you? I hope you're enjoying your Tuesday. Is today Tuesday? I don't even know what day it is. And when you get this long holiday weekend, you kind of lose track of time I never and know days. I never know what day it is either. <laughs> Shout out to my sponsor. Shout out to EJA Moving Services. When you're ready to move and relocate, hit up Eddie and his fine staff at 315-335-0516 or go online and hit them up at ejamoving.com. They'll pretty much move whatever you need them to move. You call them. They come to your house, you, they pack up your stuff for you, they deliver your stuff for you, and then they unpack your boxes. And they give you free boxes, too. Give them a call. Tell them Uncle Z sent you. 315-335-0516. You want a great meal this week? Go to Joey's at 307. That's 307 Mohawk Street. Call for reservations because they're filling up really fast. It's 315-864-3527. Now they are serving alcohol, people. They didn't have alcohol. Oh they are bringing in their alcohol. Now you can... Buy alcohol at Joey's. So give them a call for reservations, 315-864-3527, or go to 315eats.com. Big ups to Utica Coffee, Saranac Brewery. If you need legal advice, call my attorney, Dave Longaretta, at 735-6162. He's a great man. He's kept me out of trouble many, many, many times. <laughs> also, shout out to Billy the Liquor Guy. He's got an amazing book out on the market right now called Under Too Long. It's a cool story about undercover agents infiltrating Al-Qaeda and bombs... Bomb terrorists and a bunch of other things, untaxed cigarettes. You can find under too long pretty much on Amazon and wherever you get your books. And also, big shout out to Ballsy, ballwash.com. Use promo code members only for a 15% discount. Get yourself some nut rub. I'm telling you, I, <laughs> nut rub. It's, it's the best, bro. It really <laughs> is. I have it on right now, and it, you know, I don't get the itch, you don't get the chafe, and it smells good. It's great. You should try some. I had this problem down in Ocean City. My wife's like, I have to get you some cornstarch. But now I'm no cornstarch does not work. I'm gonna can, try some ball rub. You gotta use nut rub. It is <laughs> nut rub. So they have they have nut rub. I they, love it. They also have um, ball wash, which it has like a little charcoal in it. Okay. And then there's sack spray. And it's all hygiene for your groin area. I never knew there was that kind of stuff out there for your balls. <laughs> yes, and I have I like a promo it. code, Dom. So if you need some it. nut rub, I'm your guy. <laughs> Dominic Cittadino in the house with What's me, man. Up? Good to see you, bro. It's been a while. It's been a little bit, man. Little you're, bit. you're busy, man. I've always I've been watching you for a while. You know, because yeah. we've been friends for a long time. Long time. Yeah, twenty plus years. At and uh, I've been watching your journey and like all the different endeavors that you got going on with the heat wise are going on. Uh, at one time, are you still doing the cable TV? thing actually 100 percent yeah now yeah. My, my wife runs that whole business that's dc freestream now.com you can put an app right on your television we got 
2,900 and something stations, pay-per-view events are free. Free. It's 26 bucks. Includes all your football, baseball, everything. You, you name it, you can watch it for 26 bucks. You download the app for free. You go online, you buy the service, and you get an email from the, my wife with the user and password, and away you go, and you're watching television just like that. And it's, it's amazing. Thousands and thousands. 2,900 of... plus channels. Wow. All your HBOs, all your movie stations are free. Yeah. All your everything is free. It's all included for 26 bucks a month. It's, UFC it's a, pay-per-views. Hundred. I hate to say it. I mean, it's not you know uh, yeah, underground. Yeah. Shh, yeah. All, all that P period. You know P period V. Well, keep it like that. It's all free. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. That's awesome, man. It's do you still have the kiosk in the mall? Do you no, do that we, during the, we the winter stopped, time? Do, we stopped the kiosk. That was way too many hours, but uh no, now it's all, all online. It's all online. Makes it a lot easier. So pretty much all you need is a Wi Fi connection. That's it. Wi Fi and you're good to go, man. Yeah. Check it out. DCfreestreamnow.com. And it's, a, it's got like a box or something. You can or? buy a box. And yeah. the box, um if you do not have a smart television, you want to get a box. You can buy the box. It'll have a lot of free movies on there as well. And then we'll also have our app on that box. And you can bring that box anywhere you want. If you go to a hotel room, bring it with you. If you go to a campsite or if you go to Florida or even go out of the country with it, it works anywhere in the world as long as you have Wi-Fi. That's amazing. It is amazing. And we have an app for your phone, too, so you can watch it right on your phone Huh? everywhere you go. How'd you get involved in that? Oh my! Everything just falls in my lap, and I it see, really I, does, huh? I see, I, I see these 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 prospects, and I just you know, being the kind of guy, the hustler I am, I just jump on things, and I just do what I got to do, you know. Yeah. And I've been doing it for now for six years. Six years. Yeah. Yeah. Because at one time you were at Carousel or with Destiny or whatever. Yeah, we were at Destiny doing ninety hours a week, and you have to always be there, and that's the part I did not like. And when you hire people, you know, now they're calling and sick on you. It's just got to the point where it's like. I'd rather not do it and spend all that money. I can just do it online and do it for free. Yeah. Makes it a lot easier. Yeah, right on, brother. So, but yeah, we we go we go way back. Me and you, man, back until like 1996, I think it was 97. Yeah, our, our hippie face. My dreadlocks. Your dreadlocks. Days. Yeah, yeah <laughs> dreadlock days. Me and Joe Sweet hanging Whoa. out. <laughs> Shout out to the Cuz right there, man. Yeah, he's Joe's he's awesome. out there. Joe's Joe's like a he's like a shaman now. I love Joe. Yeah, and shout out to Utica Hemp because he's doing some great things he's with Utica Hemp. Got the beard right now. going on with the whiteness there. He's always sitting Indian style. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what lights coming out of his head and whatnot. Yeah. Joe's I, the best. I kind of remember you at that festival that one year, I, one of the main festivals. It was the first one. It was, I think it was called The Great Went. The Great Went, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, in yeah. Maine. Yeah, it was in Maine. Yeah. And I got there, uh, uh, the first day I was there, I had like 6000 in my pocket. I see your cousin. I'm like, Joe, what's up? And I had some mushrooms, right? So I, I ate all of them. I gave him maybe a couple stems out of it. I ate all of them. <laughs> but the, the sad part was they were poisonous. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I started freaking out. I started going into this, like... Did you get sick? Oh, poisonous? Let me or? tell you something. The, the show was about to start. Uh-huh. It was the first night we got there, and I I'm, I'm started feeling sick. I'm like, you know what? I got to go to the back of the crowd here and kind of get away from everybody. So I went back there, and as I got to the back, it hit me, and I'm like, I felt like I had the flu times a million. I was uh-huh. cold sweating. I was seeing things. I went to this, up to this cop on a horse. I'm like, dude, man, I just ate these poisonous mushrooms. What do I do? I'm freaking out. He's like, go to that tent over there. Go to that tent. So I run over to this tent. I walk in there, and there's this kid on the freaking stretcher, and he's convulsing, right? Oh, my God. And I'm like, what? I'm freaking out over here. Helicopters are flying by. I talk to the nurse. She's going, your pulse is way too high. Your blood pressure. Sit down right here. We're trying to help this kid. So I started really freaking out, so I just started running, right? I'm in the parking lot. Helicopters are chasing me because I used to sell, you know, marijuana back then. So I'm thinking, like, the, the DEA's after me. I'm hiding freaking behind cars and whatnot. I get to my tent. I'm sitting in my tent. I'm, like, freaking out, like, all these copters everywhere. 
and I'm like, I'm like seeing things, right? I'm sitting there, I'm like freaking out, and then I freaking pass out. And I wake up, and I had no pain. I'm like, did I just die? So I'm sitting in my tent, and all I see is my hole, and there's freaking aliens are running by me going, as they go by my little tent. I'm like, what the heck is going on? So I come out of my tent, I walk around, I see these demons over here, like weaving stuff. I'm looking up at the sky like, oh, I died, right? So they're like, the show's that way. I'm like, oh boy. So I started walking to the show, and then I blacked out. I woke up naked, duct taped to an EMS board, face down, my dreadlocks were hanging, and the nurse comes up to me and she's like, whoa, welcome back. I'm like, welcome back from what? Where am I? Who am I? And she's like, oh, I'll come back in a little bit. So I'm sitting here waiting. So I finally am like, all right, I know who I am. She comes back. I go, can you like untie me or whatever? Oh, she comes, she bends over because I'm like, you know, my, my, my face is in a hole on this board. She's like, are you going to be okay? Are you going to behave? I'm like, behave from what? She's like, you were really violent. I'm like, I'm not violent. Is that when you jumped on the stage? We'll get to that in a second. Oh, are they- <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. So she uncuts me and whatnot. I'm sitting there. I turn over. I looked up. I'm like, why am I naked? Why am I all bloody? And she's like, well, you had a pretty rough night. Five kids died last night from the same crap you ate. Oh, my God. So now I'm wow. sitting there. Now this, is, now, this is when Fish did their, like, they, like, toured, like, the parking lots, like, four in the morning on their, like, they're on their trailer, beds whatever. And, yeah, yeah. So I'm, like, I hear him outside playing. So she finally releases me. I grab my towel. I walk back to my camp. My bros are like, dude, where were you? We were so worried about you. I'm like, bro, I mean, I had no idea where I was. So the next day, I walk up to the front to, to find out, you know, to piece myself back together. And I ask the security guy, I go, what happened? I go, I'm the guy that ran on the stage. I heard I ran on stage. They're like, yeah. You jumped over the fence, you ran on stage, and you're behind the drummer going like this. You're like, yeah. So my guys grabbed you, and they started running with you, you know, like like all the, you know, like you were a little airplane, and they threw you on the ground. They started beating the crap out of you. Oh, my God. So they said, at one point, you, like, roared like a lion, and you shook them all off you, and they were all afraid of you. And you said to them, if any of you guys touch me, I'm going to throw you in that ambulance across the country. So they're like, so he goes to me. This is the weird part. I'm in Maine. He goes... I knew who you were from high school. I'm like, whoa. I went to high school with you? He was like, yeah. He's from Syracuse? Yeah, from Liverpool. He's like, so he's, he's like, Dominic, can you please lay down? I said, oh, sure. And I laid down. They put me on a board. They duct tape me. They put me in this freaking EMS truck, and they drive me over there. So it took me like a few days to kind of like start to piece back what I did. But what I did remember was this. I remember being on the airstrip with my shorts on, thinking I was dead, took off my clothes, I'm like, I don't need my pants anymore. Got out of my shorts. There's 6000 bucks in my pocket. A four-wheeler pulls up and says, hey, you need a ride? I thought it was God's, like, carrier bringing me to, like, the, the pearly gates. So he drives me to the front of the stage or at the front of the concert. I get off his four-wheeler. I walk back in. I remember walking towards the stage, punching some guy or girl in the face. And I look up, and there's all these demons, like, in black trench coats surrounding me, like a circle, and they're going in a circle. And I felt myself, like, twisting into the ground, right? And next thing you know, everything in life started coming, like, all black and black and black and black into a little dot, and then it opened back up. So what happened was that's when the guys were beating me up because they were kicking the crap out of me. And, I, and they were pummeling me. And you're naked, too, at this time? At this time, I'm naked. Yeah. So they're beating me up. I'm dying because they're, they're crushing me, and they finally get off me, and I can, like, breathe again. So all this kind of, like, was pieced together the next day. I'm like, wow, what a rush. But then I found your cousin. I'm like, Joe. And I, I called Joe. How did you feel, man? He's like, I was fine. I'm like, you dick. 
I'm like, you were fine. He's like, yeah, I had no problems, man. Where'd you get the boomers from? I have no idea. Some kid. You don't remember? I met. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I'll never do that again. Yeah. That was a last, that was a one and done buying off someone you don't know. Or now I know that when there's purple, you don't eat them. Ah, didn't know that. No. They got to be blue. Or blue or whatever the color no, no, was. No, blue, oh, right, they're right. good. Purple is bad. <laughs> yeah, purple. Purple's no good. Okay. So I, I stopped and eating. And black. Yeah, I, but I did eat mushrooms again later in life a bunch more times just to, you know, because that's what I did. <laughs> but that was a long time ago. And what did you learn from that experience, Dominic? Uh, that, uh, I don't know, man, not to eat, not to buy anything off someone you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was intense, man. That was a really intense night. What and a story. I, I lost all my money. I, no, I, I, I was broke. $6,000 gone. Gone. How'd you get home? Oh, I had, we had all my friends are, you know, cars and whatnot, but I still made a bunch of money. I know a bunch of people, so they all brought me stuff. I sold stuff and built my, my income back up, you know, that weekend. That was your thing for a while, though. You were following fish in the dead around, right? I was following fish around the country, like 60-plus shows, yeah. and, uh, you know, I was mostly, mostly a lot kid, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, just yep. kind of vending on the lot and whatnot and just slinging ODs and uh, all kinds of stuff and grilled cheese sandwiches, just having fun, you know, yeah. traveling the country. Yeah. yeah. Good time. We, we have so are. many stories, dude. Oh, for sure. So so many stories. You could write a book just about your lot stories. I'm 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 in the I'm, I'm actually writing a book. I'm up to 1993, and I haven't got to 95 yet. That's when this all happened, 95, 97. But uh, before that, I got tons of stories. I mean, all kinds of all kinds of life stories. Hanging out with like all these rednecks in Florida, living in the Everglades, and chasing alligators, and just doing all kinds of crazy things, man. Just living a kid life, you know. What a life, huh? My my counselor was like, "What do you want to do in life?" I said. Actually, I want to kind of continue my summer vacation as long as I can. He's like, you can't do that. I go, why not? He's like, you can't. I go, all right, I'll go to college. He's like, he's like, pick me a college. I said, how about Daytona Beach? He's like, I'll get you in Daytona Beach. So I went to Daytona Beach Community College, 1998, and I had a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and, I, and I quit. And you quit, and you came back up? No, I stayed there. Yep. And I got a job at the Coliseum nightclub. I, was, uh, dude, I had the best job. They paid me 15 bucks an hour to drive a Mustang convertible on the beach with girls to hand out flyers for their nightclub, and I bounced at night. I'm like, you're going to pay me to drive with girls on the beach to talk to girls and hand out flyers? I go, you, you got, I'm in. Where do I sign? Yeah. I did that for a little while. Then I moved down to Lauderdale, hung out with a bunch of rednecks and hippies <laughs> and freaking pro skaters, and those guys were insane. So I have a lot of stories from those people. And then... Uh, you know, then obviously getting in trouble, then, then moving out to Colorado, living out in Breckenridge for a bit and skiing out there, just bump skiing and whatnot and uh, partying hard out there. And a lot of stories from that, too, man, just having a great time, you know. And then Fish Tour. And we hopped on Fish Tour. That's when I met you guys. Yeah. Fish Tour. I think. Uh, 97, I think it was. Yeah, right around that time. That's All when the I first festivals. started getting into it. Yeah, that was a good times, man. At, at what point in your life do you get sober? Well, I was never really... Uh, I was never really an addictive person. Uh-huh. I was mostly into making money and having a good time yeah. and, and doing drugs. But I was never really, like, into I, – I didn't have to go into a rehab at all. I just liked to party and hang out. Yeah. But when I got arrested for the second time, the first time was at, at uh, in Albany for a dead show, and all my friends were in my, in my van with all their backpacks full of drugs, and I'm over here on the corner selling beers – and I see these freaking, all my friends just scatter. I'm like, what's going on? So I run over there, and my van was parked in a parking lot, and there was a car next to it. So I see these, uh, my doors were open. So I, I went in there, and I closed my doors, and these two guys kind of cornered me in there. One's behind me, one's in front of me. And he looked like the Highlanders, all these freaking long hair, big dude, man. I looked up to him. He's like, he's like, open your truck. I'm like, who are you? 
He's like, open your truck. I got to get in your truck. I go, you're not going in my truck. So he got to the point where he got so close, I felt threatened. So I headbutted him. I jabbed him. This guy jumps on me. They beat the crap out of me. They throw me in the paddy wagon. And I was in their jail for like 30 days, and I got probation out of that. And then during that time, I was on fish tour and all those kind of, you know, doing all that stuff there. And then uh, I got arrested again doing all that. I got ratted on, I should say. And then when they, ratted, when they raided my house, they only had me with a pound of weed. That was it. I had just one pound. I was actually doing bong hits out of the guy's pound I was selling, watching Cheech and Chong in the middle of nowhere. And the dude that ratted me out was a friend of mine. I knew exactly who he was, but I kind of shook his hand when I seen him because he saved my life. When these guys arrested me and I went to, when I went to jail, I went to, the, the judge was like, you know, you probably were selling drugs the whole time because you just got off probation. So they want to give me 10 years in prison. Wow, for selling like, weed. For selling weed that I can go out and buy legal tea and have it in my car right now and drive around. I'm like, you want to give me 10 years in prison for a freaking pound? Six, or seven, I had seven, I had an ounce over, over a pound. So my, my lawyer got me uh, two to four years in Elmira State Prison. And then um, because of that, I, I got a shock camp. I went to Willard uh, out of this. I was in Elmira for like a month. I was in Oswego for a month, and I was in shock camp for 97 days. But the good news is this. I got arrested on Friday. Monday when I got out, I moved right here to Utica. My grandma's house on West Street. So my dad's like, my dad's like my partner. He's like, dude, you're done. You cannot sell any more pot. You're done. You got two felonies now. The third one, you're going 25 to life. So like, just move down to Utica. Get the hell away from all your friends. So I did. It felt great. It was, it was like liberating. You know what I mean? So I come down here. Now my, my, my cousin Christy Sheridan goes, yep. you know Christy. Of course. He goes, uh, she goes, you got to meet this girl named Amanda. You're going to love her. Italian girl. I'm like, all right, I'll meet her. I had blonde hair at the time. I don't know why I had blonde hair, but I had blonde hair. So I'm sitting in my expedition outside her work, and she comes out. I go, Chris, I go, I'm going to marry her and have, five, have, have at least five kids with her. And I got six. And she goes, <laughs> she goes, yeah, right, you're nuts. Now, I met her on a, let's call it a Monday, okay? I just got down to Utica. I just got arrested. I meet this girl. I'm going out with her by Friday, right? And this is the end of August, maybe like Maybe, uh, let's call it September 10th, I meet her. She's pregnant by October. We're married in December. Just like that. I go, and now we got, we, I have six total kids. I got four with her. And then, because she, she had one prior and I had one prior. But we have. I, 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 I followed through exactly what I followed through with. And we're still married to this day. Happily yep. married. And she changed your life pretty much. 100%. So because of, because of me being ratted out, when I met my friend who ratted me out, I said, I shook his hand. He's like, what? I, I go, listen, I know you're ratting me out. This is after you met your wife? You, you 100%. Up- okay, dude, gotcha. I seen him at the gym working out. I'm like, I go, Brian, come here. I go, I want you to know something. I go, I'm very thankful that you ratted me out. He's like, oh, I didn't rat you out. I go, listen, bro. I'm in the middle of nowhere. No one knows where I'm at. I see you. I tell you where I'm at. I'm giving you something, and now I'm, being, I'm, now I'm being raided. And they're asking me the same questions you were asking me. I go, I'm not stupid, but... I met a beautiful woman because of you. We're married. I got kids now. I go, my life is now. I, got a, I own a heating and air conditioning company. I go, if it wasn't for you, I might have got popped with 30, 40, 100 of them. And I might have been gone for 20, 30 years. Who knows? Yeah. So I'm thankful. And he's still, to this day, you know, I'm like, whatever. I don't care what you think. I know I released it for, to you. I know exactly what you did. I'm not really worried about it. But thank you, for, you know, for doing that. But because of him, you know, I got beautiful kids, man. I got all girls. They drive me nuts, but I love them to death. You know, my wife just texted me before I got here. My daughter's car's got mold, and I got to buy her a new car now or at least get it fixed. I'm like, come on. It never ends. Never <laughs> ends, brother. Yeah, girls. <laughs> it just never ends, man. You're talking about your heating and air conditioning business. Plug that. Talk about what you do. All right. So I own a company called Heat Wiser Heating and Air Conditioning right out of Liverpool, New York. I've owned it since 06. 
Um, we specialize in residential uh, furnaces, installation of furnaces, ACs, and things like that. Also, indoor air quality products, we do those as well. Um, and we've been doing it since 06, man. I love it. You do inspections and... Yeah, I just yeah. put put an ad out today for for furnace safety inspections. So we'll be doing those uh, coming up probably end of September. Now's the time too. Hundred percent pre. Just get us in now and have us you know turn your furnace on for you. Have us look at your your flame sensor or your your flame. Make sure everything is good on that. Clean the flame sensor. Make sure you got no carbon monoxide mm-hmm. and good to go, man. Get a little safety inspection. Eighty nine bucks. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Cheap. You've always been a hustle, bro. Yeah, always. But you know what? My heart's always in the things that I do. Right. If I don't like it, I don't want to be involved in it. I don't care. Money to me is not that important. It's freedom. Yeah. I'm a freedom kind of guy. I mean, you can put me and a billionaire on the beach together with, with an ocean. It don't matter who's got money. The ocean's free. We both can go in it. So freedom is important. Money is just there to help you get there. I can care less about the money portion. Mm-hmm. So, but passion is really where it's at for me. If I'm passionate about something, I'm giving it 100%. That's what I do. Like, for instance, motocross. I'm, I'm a motocrosser since I was a little kid, since 81. Now, about six years ago, the pro uh, race at Unadilla, I went there on a Wednesday because I knew that Lucas Oil was going to get there Wednesday and start setting up for the weekend's race. So me, this is my passion comes in. I drove there. It was pouring rain out. I get there at 7.30 in the morning by myself. I walk over to one of these tents. They're, they're putting up all these tents, right? I just grab the sledgehammer. I'm pounding in freaking stakes and whatnot. Four or five hours go by. They're putting me to work. They had no idea that I was just, you know, they thought I worked for the company. So two days go by. The owner, John Ayers Sr., he owns Lucas. This guy's a billionaire. He owns Lucas Oil. He's like, who's that guy that's working his tail off? They're like, I don't know. Didn't you hire him? They're like, no. No, I didn't hire him. It took him. a couple days to figure it out? Dude, I'm over here with Lucas Oil shirt on. I'm in the freaking, I'm driving, I'm on the track driving. I got sledgehammers. I'm there calling me on the phone. I'm doing stuff. So he's like, come here. I go, how you doing? I go, my name is Dominic. He's like, uh, did I hire you? I'm like, no, you didn't hire me. He's like, well, I got to pay you. I go, I'll tell you what, I'll pay you. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, this is motocross. I have a passion for this. I'm like, I'm behind the scenes on the track with all the pro riders from the country. I get to see things nobody else could see. I'll give you money. He's like, no, I'll tell you what, I'll just volunteer. So I volunteer for the four days. I got to be behind the scenes because I have passion for dirt bikes. Now, my other passion for motocross is I started a company called MB Nation. That's why I'm here today. MB Nation is Moto Brotherhood Nation, mbnation.net. It's not Moto Boner. Well, yeah. Well, all right. Let, let, let's, let's back up a little bit. You, you knew want, I was going to throw you that You want to know again. why? Okay. Moto Boner. Yeah, MB, Moto Boner. Why is it Moto Boner? Well, um, last year or two years, right before COVID hit, I, I bought a, a 19KX450. And uh, right when COVID hit then, I took it down to my mechanic in Albany, uh, Cam Siriano, and uh, I told him I wanted to customize the whole bike. I want to have the best bike that money could buy. Nobody could have my bike. I want it to be the best. So we tore it right down to the, to, the, to the bolt. Everything was on his table. So I would, I would always call him and text him, I want to see my bike. And he would always text me back and say no. I'm like, all right, that's cool. So I wanted the powder coat of the frame black, the swing arm black. I wanted everything blacked out. I wanted the flow green plastics, flow green this. I mean, the bike was insane. So he would text me and say, hey, I got the powder coating back, the frame's back. I'm like, I want to see it. He's like, no. Now, this is like 2 o'clock in the morning. We're going back and forth texting. I'm over here saying, dude, send me a pic of my bike. Like I'm talking to some chick, you know? Like, send me your boobs, you know? <laughs> so he's like, no, I can't. I'm too OCD. I got to give you the bike when it's completely done. I'm like, no, bro. This went on for days. I had to convince this guy 
to send me a pic of my bike. So he finally does. Now it's like one in the morning one night. I'm like, send me a pic. I get a pic. I'm like, ooh. I go, wow, that thing is hot. I'm like looking at My wife's like, what are you looking at? I'm like, my bike. You know? I'm like, oh, I got such a moto boner. You know? <laughs> so after a while, he goes, Dom, why don't you put that on a shirt, man? I think that's a pretty catchy phrase. So I'm like, you know what? That is a cool phrase. So I had my local guy in Syracuse, Rob Levine, um, he put, put it on a shirt, MB, Moto Boner. I wore it to the track. I'm like, hey, I can get you guys these shirts for 20 bucks. Who wants one? I had tons of people that wanted these shirts. So now I was ordering shirts, bringing them to the track, selling shirts, you know, having some fun. And I was finally like, you know what? My passion's motocross. My, since I was a kid, and we all have passion out there. If you're, if you're watching the show right now, li- listen to this really cl- real closely. We all have passion we have to dig deep inside to find out how we can monetize on our passion exactly. so we can support ourselves and do what we do so it can afford us freedom. I'm like, duh, 52 years old. I'm finally figuring this out now. I'm like, come on, dude. So anyway, so if you're watching, if you're younger, take, take note of this. So anyway, I'm like, all right, my passion's motocross. I love people. I love to help people. I like to volunteer at the tracks. I'm there every weekend. So I'm like, you know what? I'm making this into a company. So I started Motor Boner. But I'm like, well, it's kind of provocative, you know, the boner or whatnot. So I, right. I changed it to Moto Brotherhood Nation, mbnation.net. And we have a motor boner line, but we took it down because we don't want our website to have, you know, that on there for families and whatnot. But if you want a motor boner shirt, I get you one. But we have MB Nation. We have MX for Life. It's in the blood. You know what I mean? We have uh, the MB Nation line, the MX for Life line. Um, we've got... Hats, T-shirts, we got hoodies, tank tops. We're going to put shorts on there. And we're creating more lines as well to put on there, not just having those lines. We don't, we don't want to have more than one line on there and more cool-looking T-shirts and whatnot. But the good news is how we're going to help our riders and our, our sport out is that once you buy a shirt off us, we're putting 8% of our total sale. Now, that's total sale, not profit. So if you were to break it down, you're probably looking at 25% of the profit, yeah. but 8% of the total sales. So we're giving back a lot of money. And we got seven sponsorship programs, and we're taking this money, and we're going to equally divide it into each program. And once these programs build up, we're going to give back that money to these riders, either sponsor a local aspiring pro rider getting his pro card or sponsor a young kid at six years old that wants to, you know, just want to ride. Wow. We're going to sponsor it. We're going to have a gear, a gear and helmet program where if you don't have that much money and you need a helmet or some good gear, we want to be able to bless someone with some gear and give that gear out. We already gave a kid down in, uh, down in New Jersey. We sent him a brand new helmet and a brand new pair of, and a brand new chest protector because he had a big crash at a, at a track. I'm not going to mention the name. Um, but he had a crash. He hurt, his, hurt himself. He hurt his helmet broke. So we're like, you know what? Let's give this guy a helmet and give him a protector. And he loved it. We have another program for what's called the Road to Loretta. Loretta Lynn is a big amateur pro or amateur race every year in August. And we want to be able to sponsor riders to get to Loretta's. We want to sponsor riders to get to Mini O's, which is coming up in November down in Gatorback Cycle Park. Um, so we want to have all these programs going on, and it's funded by the sale of our shirt. So every time someone buys a shirt or a hoodie or whatever, that money goes in there, and at the end of the year, we're going to take that money, we're going to divide it seven ways into our programs, and we're going to give it back on the following year. Um, so we're trying to really help out uh, riders and whatnot, and it's going to fund us to do what we love to do, and that's where our passion comes in. So if you have passion on something, 
find a way to monetize on it, but you have to do it in a, in a respectful, honorable way. Don't just do it for yourself. Money is always out there, okay? Yes. Your name can be crushed in a second. You don't want to crush your name. You want to do things the right way. You want to give back to the community. You want to help volunteer. And when you volunteer, people see it. And when they see it, they know that you're, that you're a stand-up kind of guy. So do it for the love, not for the cash. Money always follows your passion. It's always there. It's never going to go away. It's a fact, and you can always make money. Always make money, man. But you can't go backwards in time, mm -hmm. and you can't create anything like that. You have to kind of do, your, do you and allow your, your passion to take over and, be, and just do it the right way, man. Yeah. And motocross is a pretty expensive sport. It's very expensive. Yeah. I mean, I, I stopped racing. I got hurt last year, so okay. I quit. But I didn't quit. I quit racing. I was an expert rider. I quit racing, but I give back now. I'm there every weekend. I get there early on. I get there like this weekend's the big New York State Championship at High Voltage up here in Greg, New York. The Zelensky's own it. Nick and, and Kevin do a great job up there. And that's September 11th and 12th, Friday and Saturday, or Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to get there Thursday. I'm going to go there make a video. I have DC from D3 on Facebook. So I'm known as DC from D3. I go to all the tracks a few days earlier. I give a weekend update, track update, weather update, what's going on that weekend, what the prizes are. And I kind of make it fun, and people rely on me because they want to see what's going on, especially if you're four or five hours away. You want to know what's going on. Indeed. You know, because, you know, you might look out your window and it's sunny out, but it might be pouring rain up where we're at or vice versa. So they kind of enjoy that. So that, that's where the passion comes in. So I'm always still involved. Like, I'll even flag. I'll get on the track during the race or practice, and I'll take the yellow flag. I'll get my little zone, and I'll make sure that my section is completely controlled for safety reasons. If there's a crash, we're yellow flagging. So I'm out there. I'm helping out. I'm picking rocks. I'm flagging. I'm doing whatever I can do to help out the motocross community because that's my passion. I don't want any money from it. I just love to do it. I mean, if I was a fat guy and I like to eat and it was a free buffet or buffet, I'm eating, I'm going to eat. That's what I do. You, you don't have to convince me to eat. You know what I mean? Motocross, I'm the same way. You don't have to convince me to help you out. I want to help you out. I want to be there. I want to be on the track. I want to get sandy and dirty and wet and muddy and, and watch the riders go by and smell that exhaust. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's amazing, bro. And, so, that, and that's passion. With the sponsorship, though, are you forming a team? Is this going to eventually turn into some sort of motocross team? My door is always open, bro. Mm -hmm. My mind is always open to any idea. And, yes, I do want to have a team so, at some point. I want to have the, the, the rig set up with the trailer set up with the mechanics and have MBN, MB Nation Racing. I want to have sponsorships for that. I want to pick up donations for that so I can go to these tracks and bring riders and pay for everything and kind of get my name out there, get their name out there, and also combine the two together so we can all have some fun. What are some of the big teams in motocross? Well, you got Team Kawi. Uh -huh. Team Suzuki, Team Yamaha, right, so all the Team big, KTM. Yeah, the big manufacturers. 100%. Okay. And they pretty much dominate the motocross industry. They do. They dominate it. But the other riders who are aspiring pro riders who fill out the rest of the, of, of the gate, those guys are being pissed on, man. They're not getting that much money. They're, they have to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And I feel bad for them. It's like, you know, you got Bubba Jones over here on Buffalo Bill sitting on the bench for four years, never seen one snap. He's getting 400 k a year. You're a pro rider risking your life. You know, you're, I mean, you break your neck in a second. Mm -hmm. And these guys are making like 70, 80 grand a year. And then when they're done, they got nothing. 
Yeah. So I'm trying to really help out and, and, and flip-flop that whole industry where the amateur pro rider, the aspiring pro rider, is getting things. We got some pretty cool things on the docket. We're, I was talking to a guy yesterday, and he was like, you should be the Jimmy Hoffa motocross and create a, a motor, union. I was just going to ask you that. Yes, a union, have like retirement fund yeah, programs. health insurance. Bring all that in there and give it to the riders who need it. So I'm kind of reaching out to some guys I know. And if you're out there and you're watching this podcast or listening to it, whatever, reach out to me, dc at mbnation.net. Um, you can send me an email. If you're an insurance guy or you're a financial guy, I'd love to put something together and present it to millions of people out there, all these riders. We can create a big fund and give these riders some, uh, some, some retirement. And some awesome some insurance too. Right. So I'm not educated too much on the motocross world. So if a rider is riding and they get severely severely hurt, what what happens with like uh, hospital bills and stuff like that? It's like, does somebody take care of that? Or does a family got to fit that bill? Or yeah, so I'll, you're I'll, signing a waiver before you yeah, even hit the track. Yeah. I mean, what about some of these big teams like Suzuki, Kawasaki? Those Kawasaki guys, no, here. those guys are all taking. They're millionaires. They're all taken care they're of. All taken. So care of. there's like a health insurance plan with them they through have the team. Hundred percent. That's why it's kind of to me. It's kind of flip. It's kind of bad because. If you're, like, say, number 57, 70, 80, 90, 100 riding number, and you're a fast pro rider, you get nothing. Uh But if you're a top 20 rider, you're taken care of. Okay. So it's kind of like, you know, that's why I'm really wanting to help out these riders who are are aspiring pro riders and pro riders. Because, like, uh, I'll I'll give you a case in point. I'm not going to mention names or any tracks for liability reasons and and things like that. But someone just passed away a few weeks ago at a track, and I was there. And I, I seen the whole thing. I helped out. I assisted in. I'm not going to say what I assisted in, but we, but we helped out. And he ended up passing away. Ugh. We created a, a memorial fund for him. We raised money for the family. We had moto missions over here in, in uh, Clayville with Jamie Tuttle and John Drymiller. Um, they helped out. We raised a bunch of money. I sold shirts for the family, gave them every penny of it. Um, all the money went right back to the family. So we helped out that family. But, see, we need to have something in place where we don't have to go through all that to get families money, we need to have a rider program, a relief program, a funding program, you know, um, like a union, so to speak, where money's already in there and it can be distributed to families who are part of that kind of system. Huh. So, yeah, it happens all I mean, it happens all the time, and people are dying a lot, breaking their necks, breaking their arms. Is that how they pass by breaking necks? And, well, if you break yeah. your yeah, if you break your neck, yeah, you're not you're, it's your your chances of survival are pretty thin. It's a dangerous sport. It's a super super dangerous sport, man. And that's why I'm saying these guys who are, you know, these pro riders who are getting 70, 80 grand a year, you know, and they're 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 paralyzed some of them dying and it's like there's nothing for them. Yeah. You know, but they love motocross. That's why it's in the blood. Yeah. If you're a motocrosser, it's in the blood. If you're a musician, it's in your blood. If you're a football player, it's in your blood. You know if it's in your blood when you see the passion pouring out of your veins. And you risk yourself. You risk your life for that passion. Yeah. You know what I mean? What kind of severe injuries have you taken throughout the years? Well, I've broken my leg in three places. I broke my collarbone. I snapped my wrist, my ankles. I broke all my fingertips, crushed all the bones. I, this piece right here on my lip, I don't have that little piece that goes between your lip. I, that, that's gone. Um, what else? I've, I've broken my finger, thumbs. I, I mean, you name it. Snap. And you had to pay for all these medical oh, yeah. expenses 100%, yourself. Oh, man, absolutely. My, or my insurance pays for, for them. The insurance, you know what I mean? right. Yeah. But some people don't have insurance. And if you pass right. away, you don't have death insurance. And now the family is left with nobody. And, you know, they don't have any money for the, for the funeral and whatnot and, and the living. I mean, if I were to pass away right now, my, my, my wife does have money coming from my, 
if I have a health insurance po policy. But if I didn't have that, I mean, what do you do if you die and you got six kids and you got bills to pay and all these? I mean, what do you do? Right. You know, people don't realize that, but it's 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 reality, man. Yeah, it's super important to plan ahead too, because you never know. Tomorrow's not promised. Never promised. So it's important to stay ahead of it and, and making sure that your family is taken care of. So Absolutely. However, you got to take out a life insurance policy or whatever, but you should make those necessary. And that's and that's why I want to have. I'm, I'm 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 reaching out to someone that I know in the industry, in the financial industry as well as insurance industry. I want to create a program that people can buy into and have a, re a retirement fund. And I want to have a health fund where you can also have your health or your, what do you call it, your death insurance and whatnot, have that wrapped up in there as well. So if you do happen to pass away, you got life insurance. Or if you do make it, you got a retirement. You know what I mean? So you have something to fall back on. So we're trying to, I want to create some program for that. I know it's going to be pretty extensive. I'm not sure what the guidelines are or the rules are as far as being a felon and whatnot, you know, handling people's money. But as far as that goes, I'm willing to help somebody bring that to the table and push it forward and give them all the assistance that I can give them in, as far as the voice of it all. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Getting people to sign up. That's the easy part. So when you go to these competitions, these motocross competitions, are you setting up a vending booth selling your merchandise? Um, I have mbnation.net. You can go on there right now and buy any of our stuff. It's all shipped to your doorstep. Everything is, we don't touch, handle anything. We use a outside vendor. So we get the email, they get the email, and they put the order together, and they ship it right to your doorstep. I will be having a, I'm going to have a, a, a booth set up, an actual trailer set up where it pops open. I'll have all my, my, my gear inside there, my clothing line inside there. And I will be bringing at the tracks most likely starting next year depending on the sales from what we're doing right now that's my plan but right now as we speak now i just go to the track and i just enjoy the camping the fellowship the hanging out you know the working on the track and just being out there just wafting that smell man yeah i love it what do you think you learned from the fish lot and you brought it over to the motocross world <laughs> Well, I, from the fish lot, just, just slinging, man, just yeah. being a hustler. But I was always a slinger, even when I was a kid. Even before the fish lot. I called my mom. I tell you, I, I called my mom one day. I think I was like 11. I'm like, Mom, I'm in, her, I'm in the closet. I'm like, Mom, these black shoes in the closet. I've seen them here for months. You never wear them. Do you like them? She's like, no, I'll never wear those. I'm like, okay, how about this painting over here? No, I'm, like, I'm asking her all these questions, right? So she comes home after work. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm having a lawn sale. <laughs> What do you mean, everyone? I called you. You said you don't want any of it. I'm, I'm selling all the crap you don't want. I had, I had a little lemonade stand in the front. I had all my mom's stuff in the car. I'm over here selling. Cars are pulling over. I'm making them. I'm like, I'm over here. What are you doing? I'm selling your stuff, mom. I've been a slinger my whole life, man. Always hustle. Did you ever sell cars? I sold cars at Don's Ford. You did? Remember when I got out of prison? Uh -huh. I went to Don's Ford and said, listen, I, go, I just got out of prison. I go, take a chance on me. I go, and, I, and they hired me on the spot. The first year I was there, I sold the most used cars. I won the used car competition, and out of, out of 17 guys, I sold the number three most new cars, but the first three guys that beat me been there for 20 years. Wow. And I had no customers. So I was, I was on the lot slinging cars, but I was always honest with people. Mm -hmm. I told them this. I said, you know what? They come in there and they sit with me. I said, you know how we have a big you know, thing up, up above us, a black cloud, we, we're bad to you? They're like, yeah. I go, here's what I'm going to do for you guys. I go, I make money if you buy a car. I get paid zero if you leave right now. I can care less what they sell you the car for in that room. That room over there, there's three guys, there's three managers. They want to beat the crap out of you. I don't. I want to go in there and beat the crap out of them. So you tell me what you want to buy the car for. I'll go in there and be your advocate. I'll go in there. And I'll work the, this deal till I get what you want. And they would tell me, I want the car for X amount of bucks. I'd go in there, 
I would work the deal with them. I come back and I would make some kind of compromise with these people. And they bought cars off me left and right because I don't care about the dealership. I wanted to feed my family, and mm-hmm. I wanted you to have what you wanted to have. So it worked out great. I did it for a year, and then I got a phone call from Mike Charles out in Liverpool, and he wanted to teach me the heating and air conditioning business, which I allowed him to. And I went out there, learned it, and after three years of working with him, I started my own company. And how long have you been doing Heatwiser? Uh, since 06. Oh, wow. It's been yeah, that long. 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Life goes by too fast, bro. Doesn't it, though? Way too fast. Like, here it is today in Utica. It's the first day of school. Like, yeah. where did the summer go? It goes where did, by where too did 2021 fast. go? Like, it, tomorrow's going to be Christmas. I know. It's going to be here tomorrow. Listen, I told my buddy, my, I go, we were in Ocean City three years ago. I said, bro, I go, we're going to be here again before you know it. That was three years ago. Mm-hmm. I told my friend in 1984, I said, I got four more years of high school. It's never going to end. That was in 84. That felt like yesterday. I'm 52 years old, bro. I'm mm-hmm. still like 16 at heart. Right. It, it just it goes by way too fast. It does. You know, the Bible says this. Life is but a vapor. Here today, gone tomorrow. God knew what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. When he meant it's here today, gone tomorrow, and life is but a vapor. A vapor, when you're boiling your spaghetti, the water vapors off, it is gone. I'm telling you right now, it's way too fast. That's why my motto was this. I have a little thing that I, I, I always tell people. I go, you want to take a mappino or a rag and you want to dip it in water. That's going to represent your life your daily life. You want to wring that thing out as much as you can and get as much as you can out of your day as possible. If you go to bed at night and there's still water left in your rag, you, you made a mistake. You need to go out and wring it again. You have to soak everything up and get it out of there as much as you can and soak every hour out of every day because if you don't, you're wasting yourself. You're wasting your time. Life is too fast. Great advice. Way too fast. Yeah. It's too quick, man. I like the analogy. I'm an analogy guy. That's yeah. all I do. I love it. I make, th- I make people understand things by analogies. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's too quick, man. It does. And, and the old-timers used to tell you as a kid, used to tell me as a kid, like, ah, oh, trust me, kid, it, it's going to go by fast. You're like, eh, whatever, whatever. You kind of blow it off. But they weren't freaking kidding. Listen, I'll tell you a quick story yesterday at the fair. My father told yeah. me years ago. I was at the fair yesterday, too. Oh, you were? I didn't mm-hmm. see you. Yeah. My father goes to me. He's like, I, I come home maybe like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and my father's sitting in his chair. I'm like, Dad, why are you sitting in your chair? It's beautiful outside. I'm like, why are you in pain? He's like, you'll see someday. So yesterday at the fair, this, this story rings true. I'm, I, I got my daughter, uh, what are those, deep-fried Oreos, and it has powder on it, right? And I'm wearing a pair of jeans and a, and a black shirt, and I'm standing up. And I, got, I got the thing in my hand. I look down. I'm like, I want to sit down. Normally when I'm younger, I just fall right down in Indian style quick, you know, I mean, with the strength. I'm over here, like, trying to figure out how I'm going to hold this and get down. I, I couldn't do it. So I finally get to where I was halfway down, and I fall back like an old guy, like I lost control. I hit the ground, and then the Oreos went up in the air, and they hit, and then the powder went all over my, all over my clothes. I'm like, are you serious? I go, I'm that old. I go, my father was right. Someday you'll realize that your body's going to hurt, and it ain't like when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. So I actually was like, wow, I'm freaking old, man. I can't move the way I used to move. It's true. It sucks. It's true. It's just gone, man. And you've always been in shape doing martial arts and whatnot. Yeah. And you were always yeah. kind of active with your Oh, body. I still train. I still work out, and mm-hmm. I, I work out all the time and train and whatnot, but... Your joints and your body, man, just at some point, it's like, you know, you just get, get old. Yeah. Arthritis kicks in. Yeah. Do you have arthritis? I, all over the place. Yeah. I'm in pain, bro. Uh-huh. With a smile. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in pain. What do you do to combat the arthritis? Nothing. Nothing? I complain you can, to my wife. Yeah. 
And she's like, go get no, some No, like balms of cream or... Oh, that, you know what? I've tried everything, dude. I, I try a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. man, and I don't, I don't think anything really works. I really... I mean, Advil works great. Aleve works great, but you really can't keep taking that a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I tried it all. It just, it just... It is what it is, man. Just got to accept it. Yeah. You know, unless you know out there, if someone's out there and they know something different, please send me a freaking email about how to make my joint pain go away. Right. I'll take it. Yeah, stretching helps, I, right? I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I stretch. I don't. I still, still feel still it. hurt. Yeah. I take zinc every day. I take vitamin C, vitamin D3. I take liver refresh, all these kind of vitamins. Fish and oil? I don't take any fish oil, no. no. No, but I'll try it. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I take fish oil and vitamins and i'm kind of really regiment with my Me too. my health i have to be right you know you have to be you, you reach that certain age where it's like oh man i gotta stop doing what i've been doing right you know and i need to actually take care of myself if i want to put another 40 plus on this earth you right. know and and that i do and that's another thing too man i'm always i'm always counting like okay i'm 52 years old my daughter's seven if i live to be 95 she'll be 49 i'm like wow I start to think about like 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 forty more years or fifty more years on this earth, and how can I get there? You know what I mean? Yeah. As I'm drinking Dunkin' Donuts, fully sugared uh, coffee. You should be drinking Utica coffee, damn it. <laughs> you know what? I'm not from Utica, and I and I would love to drink Utica coffee. I, if I knew it was, you know, I'd go out and get some of that stuff, 100. percent Yeah, I didn't make any today. I made some earlier, but it's kind of still. Right I now. guess you should have said, Dom. Dom. I should have made Utica coffee, and I should have offered it. No, to it's you. okay, brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. But shout out to Utica coffee. Check them out. Wake the hell up. They Amazing, amazing coffee. They've turned me into a coffee snob. You know what? I'll definitely go there and check them out 100%. I love coffee, bro. They sell them in, in their stores in Syracuse that they sell it at. Are they, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm I'll pretty look, sure. I'll look into it. I'm pretty sure you could get some at Wegmans. And I love espresso. Yeah, me too. I love espresso. Me too. My favorite. You've I've had so many endeavors in your life. Yeah, man. Yeah, so now you're following your path. So what's your, uh, what's your ultimate goal here with, with uh, MB? My ultimate goal is to raise a lot of money so I can fund all these programs, so I can give back yeah. and also support myself while we're doing it. You know, I'd like to get out of the heating and air conditioning world I, at some point. Just going to ask you that. Um, you know, I, I don't need, like I said, all I, I don't need much money to live on. I just need to be able to fund the programs that I'm trying to do. So And feed all those mouths that you have in your house. Well, they're all getting older. They're feeding themselves, but they always call me every day. My daughter, she just moved out. She's 20. She's like, Dad, I'm going to Wegmans. Can you give me 150 bucks? <laughs> it's just, I have to actually, before I leave here, I have to go on Venmo and Venmo her 150 bucks. <laughs> So yeah, I gotta feed all those mouths, but at some point they'll they'll, they'll go away and they'll be feeding themselves. But yeah, but it's it's an expensive sport, and my goal is to uh, make enough money to support all these riders. The more I make, the more I give. Yeah, you know, the more they get. Do you, do uh, I just quick shout out to everybody out there. Thank you on Facebook land. I'm just looking and noticed that we got some people out. So thank you to everybody on Facebook. If you could do us a favor too and click us, click that share button and help spread the word of everything that Dominic's doing, man, he's got a lot of endeavors going on and he's always been a good human being giving back to the community and whatnot. So are you, do you find some charities that you get involved with? What, what are some charities that you do? My charities support? are through Moto Missions. I always help out Moto Missions. I always try to give them a hand. In Clayville, right? Right, yep, right, yep. right there in Clayville. Shout um, out to Jamie and Jamie. Yep. Those, go, those guys are, again, their heart is in it. They, yeah. They're not doing it for themselves. They give, they actually, they lose money because they just give it all away. That's which, what I love about what they're doing right. is like every event, there's a some sort of charity based or tied into it. You every, know? There, there is, they race for a cause. So yep. every single race on every Friday night throughout the summer, they're always having a family come and they're making money for that particular family. So I've seen a bunch of families come through that I've jumped in and helped out and raised money and gave them money through that. So my 
my my thing is I give money to people that I know that they're going to use it in the right direction. I don't like giving money to people where like 90% goes to payroll and 5% goes to advertising and right. 5% goes to the I don't like that. I'm not I, I'm, I hate that. Like I want my money to be given that person 100%. So exactly. I give money to people like I like I sponsored someone this past weekend. I'm not going to mention their name, but I just called I called the family out and said, "Listen, I want to send you 100 bucks to help you guys out this weekend for your race." They're like no problem. I go, "What's your Venmo?" Boom, there you go. I mean, and that was it. So I like to give money to people that I know they're going to use the money for that particular situation versus, like I said, giving money to one. Like some of these places you call and you're like, how much money goes actual? Oh, only 3%. 3%. I'm not going to pay you so you can keep doing what you're doing and give, and give none of my money away. Right. I don't, I'm, I'm not into that kind of shady. stuff. Shady. 100% shady, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. So I just try to physically help out as much as I possibly can. Yeah. All the tracks. Some of the tracks I do for free. I go there and just volunteer. I just pick up a shovel, pick up this, pick up a flag, and just help out, you know? I love it. Yeah. And I love that what you're doing with your merchandise, like 100% of the merchandise goes to the support and the sponsorships. Right, 100%. Man, I got seven programs, like I said. If you go on mbnation.net and click on our, our uh, we have a community board, which we put links to other tracks on there. And then we have an About Us. Then we have our programs on there. And you can click on our programs. You can see the actual programs. We just launched a company three weeks ago, so we're still new to everything. We're still creating. We're going to create a donate button for each each program, so you can actually physically donate to that particular program, and the money will go into that program, and the money's going to sit in that program till we give it away. We want to be as, as transparent as we can so people can trust. Because trust is huge, man. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot Especially of people out there shady that take your money on you, and they'll, they'll sound all great. But if you're transparent and people can see what you're doing, then it makes it a lot easier for someone to want to donate into your, into your organization. So we're going to try to find down riders throughout the country and help them out. My wife, actually, um, because of this, this person that had the, the passed away, we created some things for this person in the honor of, this, of, of him. And my wife went ahead and raised money for, you know, an AED is what can save someone's life. So right. if you were to have a heart attack or something and you place this AED system on you, yep. it's an automatic electronic defibrillator. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Right. And that will actually teach somebody how to give CPR or it'll shock that person's heart mm-hmm. if they have a shockable rhythm. So my wife raised a bunch of money. and She had they're like 2500 bucks a piece, by the way. So she reached out to some companies, and she, we did some donations, and we, we raised money for three of them. Wow. And we gave them the tracks. We, went, we gave one to High Voltage. We gave one to, um, <clears throat> I forgot who she gave it to. Another, another track, Moto Missions, I think she gave one to, and she's got one for us to, to carry to every single track that we go to. So we're raising more money for that. And my wife started a program through our MB Nation as well where she's doing, she'll be at High Voltage this, this coming weekend. Matter of fact, the race is this weekend, the New York State Championship. We're, we have seven nurses coming from St. Joe's. They're going to be hands-on training with CPR, show what the AED looks like, give a- AED training on there. We're going to be more – we're getting into um, – she wants to be a certified instructor for CPR and teach folks how to give CPR. I'm going to be CPR certified and AED certified as well. So we're doing all that safety stuff, too, behind the scenes, not only just doing what we're doing for, for MB Nation. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I know you do, like – your live feeds and whatnot from the different tracks, but do you ever think about doing a podcast? You know what? I have thought about doing you a should, podcast. You should, man. I would love to. Yeah, because especially all the content that you deliver, and not only that, but all the good that you're doing and just your passion. Right. And, and you speak very well, and not only that, but you're very inspiring, my friend. So I, I, I think it, you should totally get into some kind of podcast format. Again, if you're out there watching and you're into motocross or you're into podcasting and whatnot and you want to link up with me, I'm all, I'm all ears, man. I'm all... 
like I said, I, I love to have fun. I, I love to do things I like to do. And I'm never the kind of person that just shoots someone down because they want to bring me an idea. I listen to it. Yeah. And if it sounds good and I think it's cool and I have passion behind it, I'll jump in and 100% with it. But I think a podcast would be a great idea to kind of you know, get, get the word out there a lot. Yeah. And, and motocross, we, we don't have too many podcasts. It'd be I'm fun. surprised. It'd be fun to have someone that, we can, that knows motocross or doesn't know motocross. We can kind of go back and forth and we can do an on, a weekly show. I mean, I'd love to build it up with someone. It'd be great. Yeah. My, like I said, my, I'm always open for ideas, but I want to give back to people and help people out. So if I can make raise money through a podcast and donate money back to the community, I'm all in, man. That's awesome. I'm all in. Like and, I said, I don't need much to live on. A podcast could be very a niche thing, and if there's not that many podcasts about motocross, man, there's your door. It could be, yeah, yeah. 100%. Or even like, or even like a, a, an online podcast at the track day of the race. Kind of like when you see football, they have like the, the you know, if the game's at 4 o'clock, at 2 o'clock, they're hanging out, they're talking, mm-hmm. the, the field's empty, they're on the field hanging out, and, you know, we can do something like that. Like I said, my, 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 my ears are always open, man. That's awesome. That'd be fun. I'd love to do that. What else are you passionate about besides motocross? Skiing. Skiing? Yeah, I've been yeah. skiing my whole life, man. Bump skier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, love, I used to uh, compete in moguls, do the Bear Mountain Mogul Challenge, do the, do the, do the few times moved out to breckenridge colorado and just uh live right on the mountain we had a place called the moon tower we always threw parties and skied every single day party at the moon tower dude you know you know what's funny yeah when I, here's a true story i raised about 10 grand right and this is back in 95 and i drove out to colorado to, to find a place to live and just to live the freaking bum life you know what i mean the ski life so i pull in and i brought two friends of mine they're all afraid like, where are we gonna live what are we I'm like, I go, listen, I go, I'm in the crate in your own reality. I go, watch, we're going to find a place to live. You have to allow it. Just allow the universe to bless. And it's like, okay. So we pull in, pull right into Breckenridge, right? I pull right in this apartment complex and there was this door open and the pl- some guy was working on it. So I walked in this place and hey, bro, I go, we're from New York. We're trying to find a place to stay. I go, do you know anywhere? He's like, I tell you what, this is a true story. <clears throat> He's like, I had nothing in my place. I'm working here, but I have all my tools here. You guys can crash here every night. Just leave during the daytime while I work, and you can come back at night. You guys can crash here. You can watch my tools, and I'll charge you 50 bucks a week. I'm like, no problem. So we took all our clothes, put them on the ground, and that's where we slept, on our clothes. That was our bed. So during the meantime, we would go into Breckenridge, and we would look for a place to stay. I walked into Todd Realty on Ridge Street, right? And I opened up the door, and the bells went off. And some guy comes out of the back, and I tell you, he was eating his lunch, and he said, you three are looking for a place to stay, aren't you? I go, we are. He's like, I got the place for you guys. So he marched us over to the agency building, right, on Ridge. We walk up the stairs. It says Penthouse Suite. I go, buddy, I go, I think you had the wrong people. He's like, No watch he opens the door there's three carved bears spiral staircase fully furnished back window facing breckenridge the back the patio was fully furnished with with all kinds of barbecue stuff all we had to do was drop our luggage and we're home right he goes all right it's two grand a month i go two grand a month this is back in 95 they'd be like 3500 bucks today i go two grand a month he's like and I want two grand down, so you gotta give me six thousand bucks up front. I had ten grand in my pocket. You know what I did? I said, "Here's six thousand bucks." I went out in that town that day, and I tried to find the coolest people that I could see. And I did the same thing he did. I said, "Hey, bud, come here. I, I want to show you something." I bring these guys to my house, <laughs> open up the door, and they're like, 
I want to be your roommate. I'm like, great. So my buddy goes, he became my good friend. He's like, I'm going to bring you to this place right now where I know all these really cool guys are, and we'll go talk to them. We go to their, their apartment up about four streets up, right? We open the door. Now, this is, this is where it gets awesome. They got a black light on, and they're watching Dazed and Confused. They're sitting there doing bong hits, watching Dazed and Confused. And, I'm, and we're like, yo, you guys all got to come with us. We brought them over there. They're all like, yo, we're moving in your place. They packed up their place and moved in our place. I had all these cool roommates. We partied every day, and we called our place the Moon Tower because every weekend I would throw huge parties. And if the blue light was on, that means that the Moon Tower was partying. So if you were on Main Street and you look up, you can, see, you can see our spot, you come to the Moon Tower, and everything was free. We had free beer, free food, DJs. And we, and we jammed out. And I was making a lot of money. I'm not going to say what I was selling, but I was, I'm the one that was paying for everything. I was making like 20000 30000 a week. I was, I was supplying everybody. So a buddy of mine that I didn't even know was living in Silverstone, uh, Silverthorne, which is the town uh, next to Frisco, right by Breck. And he's telling me the story later in life. He's a motocrosser. He's like, oh, yeah, I was living out in Silver, uh, Silverthorne, and we used to hang out and party at this place called the Moon Tower. I go, dude. <laughs> I am the moon tower. I go, that was my place, bro. We part. He's like, no way. I'm like, yeah, it was my freaking house. That was my place. He's like, no way. I, I'm like, what a small world. Like, a friend from my hometown I never even knew, but through motocross, we were having all these stories, and he was telling me his story about the moon tower. And, like, I was just weird, man. But we had, like, Sal Massacay to hang out with us, all the pro skiers, the pro snowboarders, the U.S. ski team. Like, they would all come party at our house, man. Every weekend I had, like, three kegs of beer for free. I had DJs, food lined up. I'd wake up the next day, people would be crashed everywhere. The mountain's right there. The blue line would pick up the bus, free bus right out in front of our place, bring us to the mountain and ski. We ripped it up, man. We had so much fun. That was, that was another great time in my life, man. What a blessed life, huh? Yeah, and then Fish Tour popped in 97. Yeah. So how crazy is that, like, all these weird moments that people were there and, like, the, how universe, the universe brings people together? It does, like, man. Say, like you were talking in the beginning of this podcast about – you know, being at the fish show and the guy went to high school with you and, and calmed Weird. you down and, and then this right here. Like, it's so crazy and how it just all If you allow it, man, other. it's there. Yep. You, you can also work against you, too. Right. But you the thing I mean? is, you can't fight it. You know, you no. just go with it, right? With it. You just not question it and just go with it, you know? Nothing surprises me anymore. Right, like you know, today, right. I'm sitting here, right. and you asked me, who do you sponsor? I said, I sponsor some young kid. He's nine years old. His name is, his name is, is Ben Held's son. And... Honest to God. Three I minutes later. My, I get a text message from Ben Held, and he's like, dude, we're coming to the race this weekend. Can you save us a spot? I'm like, how weird is that? Yeah. We were just talking about this kid. Yeah. I haven't seen – now, Aiden's his son. Aiden's nine years old. Aiden's our little ripper on a freaking 50C. This kid is awesome. Great little kid, man. But his dad, Ben, we're talking about him, and then my phone rings, and it's Ben. I mean, th- that's how it works, man. It's just – there's no such thing as coincidence. No, I you, agree. We, we create them, man. Yeah. We just call it coincidence. You manifest it. 100%, mm-hmm. man. 100% manifestation. Mm-hmm. And you can do that with anything you want, man. Money, business. Like, for instance, at Don's Ford, I would write on paper, I want to buy a house, I want a great job, and I want to live back in Liverpool. That's where I'm from. I put it on my window. And, and we're over here on, on, uh, on Horatio Drive at Don's Ford. And all the freaking guys that worked there, they used to all hate my guts because I was always selling everything. They're like, oh, yeah, look at your window, man. How stupid is that? I'm like, yeah, it's stupid, huh? I go, you watch what happens. All of a sudden, not even, not even three months later, I get a phone call from Mike Charles. I want to teach you the heating and air conditioning world, but you got to move back to Liverpool. And I got you a house. I'm like, oh, you're going to get me a house, and I got a good job, 
And I'm back. I go, one, two, three. All in one phone call. Boom. So we moved to Liverpool. And he got me a house. He rented me a house out. I was his number one salesman. And then I started my own company. And then I bought my own house. And I mean, so it's like, yeah, it comes true. As long as you can visually see it and you can put your mind towards it. Because your mind doesn't know if it's real or not. It just knows that you thought of it. It becomes real when your body can actually attract it and grab it. So if you tell yourself, um, I'm a millionaire, well, what does a millionaire look like? What does he act like? What does he do? Well, you act as if you are that millionaire. You act as if you are that business or that job or that house you want, or you visually see yourself in it. Your mind has no idea that you're not a millionaire. It just knows that you think it of it. It knows that it's either real or not real. It, but if you can keep acting towards it, it comes right to you. Now, I'm not saying... You know, I want a gajillion dollars. It's not just going to fall in your lap, but you might have a million dollars or $2 million or $10 million or might have more freedom. All depends on how you act as if you are that kind of person or that kind of business, and it does fall into your lap. You have to allow it to happen. You also have to put the work in, too. You, know, you, you don't have just, to. You, you, don't, know, yeah, you can't 100%. just say I'm going to be a millionaire no, and not no. act on it. No, you have to. Because, well, hold on. How does a millionaire get a million dollars? He, how does a millionaire become a millionaire? He works at he it. works at so it. So when you say act as if you're a millionaire, you have to act as if you're a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Getting up early. Going out and getting it, doing this, you know, whatever you have to do to get that, you have to put in the time and the effort, and those doors will open up, believe it or not. You can't just sit in a, in, in a room and say, I want to be a millionaire and sit there all day long and do nothing, and a million bucks just drops on your doorstep. It ain't going to happen. Right. I mean, it could, but it's not. Yeah. What's the chances of that? I mean, it, it, yeah, exactly. Oh, you know what? Here's the chances of that. Uh, I think it was 1985. We're behind this beer truck. I was like 16 years old. My buddy was 17. We're in my driving in his car. We're behind this truck, and the doors flapping open. I said, "Wouldn't that be crazy if a freaking keg of beer falls out?" And sure enough, a keg of beer falls out that truck and rolls over. We pulled over. We put it in the trunk, and for four weeks we had foamy beer. <laughs> <laughs> we pull over. We had a 1974 Cadillac four-door freaking out 500 engine. We're pulling over, popping the trunk over, and we're foaming up beer. And <laughs> so it does happen, man. You, you got to put that keg on ice, stomach. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the back of his truck, dude. That thing was so foamy. You put it on the bed. You put it on some ice, and it won't be foamy. Or yeah. you need CO2. That's, yeah. It's one or the other. That's why beer gets foamy in a keg. But when it hit the ground and it rolled around and for a while, too. it didn't yeah. help. You that know what too. I mean? That doesn't help but either. Yeah. Ed Shalabois, man, he was my boy. He passed away, but he was, that was my boy, man. He, uh, it was in his trunk. He was a beer guy. I was never really a beer drinker. He was a beer drinker, mm-hmm. but he drank that beer until it was gone. It was in his trunk for weeks, dude. He, everywhere he went, he popped his trunk open, got a nice foamy beer out. Yeah, and this is exactly why I think you should have a podcast. I know you said you were talking about writing a book, and you you have some yeah, of this have, book yeah. written already. But, you know, just to document your stories. You've got a lot of great stories, man. And Gina's replying right now on her Facebook. She goes, he's great to listen to. I love his stories. Yeah. And, and she's right, and I agree with her 100%. You do have a great story, and I think it's important to document a lot of these, whether it's audio or, you know, yeah. a visual by writing a book. Yeah, we got tons of them, man. I mean, like yeah. I said, I didn't work until I was 30-something years old. And all I did was just live that. Like I, I lived what I told my guidance counselor. I want to continue my summer vacation as long as I can do it. And I did it until I was 30-something. I mean, I lived in the woods with the rainbow people. After, after festivals, we go find the rainbow where they're at. We go out yeah. deep out in the woods. And, dude, it was insane, bro. Like drum circles and just eating food and just partying and hanging out. And You hung out with the Auschwitz? I hung out with, was it the Auschwitz? In, in, the, in the red bus? Remember think, the big old yes, red bus? Yes, I did, 100%. Absolutely, bro. <laughs> 
Ithaca had a, a, an awesome rainbow gathering right after the freaking festival in Ithaca for grassroots. It was not too far, maybe like five miles away, and you had to know where you were going. And when you when you got to that spot way in the back, they had alcohol camp, they had family camp, this camp, that camp, and you just bounced off the camp to camp, and you just lit it up and had a great time. And the cool thing was it was all just free, man. It yeah. was like just living free, having fun, you know yeah. what I mean? Just being yourself and just... No negative vibes. No negative vibes. Just like yeah. if you have something, give it. Yeah. And if they got something, take it. Very communal. And just love it. You know, that's why with motocross, I'm going to start... I told my wife this yesterday. I said, I want to start a drum circle at these races, man. I want to have people start bringing their congos. I want to go off into the woods with some people, like maybe 20, 30 people, and just start a drum circle and just have some fun, man, because... I don't care if you suck on a drum or not, but when you get 20 guys banging something, yeah. it just sounds cool, man. Oh, yeah. And the vibes are just amazing, you know? So I want to kind of bring in a lot of that like that fish stuff like to the motocross facility and, and do some things like that. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities there. 100%. Especially man. with the camping aspect and, you know, the, the community aspect. Yeah, if you're watching this, man, come to the New York State Championship this weekend. Uh, I'll be there Thursday. I'm going to leave Thursday about 2 o'clock to get up there. But it's it's Saturday and Sunday. Gates open Friday, I think, at 5 o'clock. If you're a camper, man, bring your camper, your tent up. And uh, it's like 10 bucks, I think, for the whole weekend or 20 bucks for the weekend. It's not much money. And there'll be so much to do. There's a pit bike race going on Saturday night. There's a best whip contest. And you get to see some really cool. If you've never seen motocross and you want to get some goosebumps, man, there's some pretty cool things that go to get goosebumped at a motocross track. These guys are flying, hitting oh, these yeah. big jumps. and It's very exciting. There's one jump there. They made it into a quad because they want no one doing it, and about four guys are doing this big, huge 140-foot leap up a hill, bro. And wow. If you miss, you're dead. It's just, and you're right there, and you see these guys, whoa. Oh, man, it's so intense, dude. It's amazing. So if you're out there watching you want to come to check out High Voltage this weekend, it's going to be pretty cool stuff. I'll be up there. You can come check me out. My wife will be up there. My family will be up there. But we have a lot of family fun, man. We just, you know, we put fires up there. We got everybody hanging on the fires. If you're a drinker, if you're not a drinker, we don't judge anybody. We just have a good time. And, you know, there's no one stealing stuff. It's just, it's it's all fun, man. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I want to get that drum circle rolling up there, That's too. That's a great idea. And, you know, I want to do, I want to bring devil sticks back. Yeah. <laughs> really? I love the devil stick. Yeah. Remember them devil sticks? Back in the day. Talking the juggling. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like hippied out when I was spinning around. They're still story. around. I was at a fish show recently and I saw a couple people still on. I it. was good at that, man. I was a good double stick guy. I'm sure you were. I love it, man. <laughs> Can I get all, you know, you're on, you're on some good MDMA. You're just over here, you know. <laughs> oh, you want to hear an MDMA story? Yeah, of course. All right. Yeah, I love a good Gina, story. Gina, this is for you, Gina. <laughs> all right. So I had long dreads. I had my, my uh, I was big into MDMA. I'm talking pure MDMA. I used to get my stuff down in the land and fly it back up. <clears throat> and I threw a party up in Syracuse on Burnett Ave. I had like 1,500 people come. I had like four, I had like 15 kegs of beer. I had VIP rooms. I had a hip hop room. I had bands downstairs. I had all kinds of stuff just going on. And I had about 30 or 40 grand worth of MDMA that I was supposed to make money on, right? Wow. So here's what happened. I started collecting money at the door, and I had people working for me, and I'm selling my, you know, $20 for a little spot of it. So I'm like, you know what? Let me take a quick bump. I go upstairs. I take a quick bump. I'm selling some more. Next thing you know, I'm doing more bumps. I gave it all away. Uh. I gave every bit of it away to the I was, like, so happy because it's so good. I'm like, money? I don't care about money. I'm like, you know what? It's free, man. I gave everything away the whole night. I had my freaking, I had, uh, remember the overalls? You had no shirt on with the overalls and thing hanging, whatever, and you just like all hippied out, and it was a great time, man. We gave all of it away. All drug addicts love a dealer who's high. 
Yeah, I know. They you give know? it all away. They give it all away. And and the stuff I had was so good. I would call my dad at four in the morning. Dad, I love you, man. You're the <laughs> best dad I've ever had. I'm so I come, I'm so sorry if I did. You know what I mean? I'm like, what am I doing, man? Like for four days, like it lasts for four days too. Oh, yeah. I remember cops came to the party that same party, and I had like 40 non champas in my hand, like burning incense, walking around, sage in the other hand, and this cop's looking at me like. You know, I'm here for noise complaints. I'm over here. Oh, man, it's all about love, dude. I go, you just, you know, come have some beer with us. <laughs> I'm over here waving not chomping the cop's face, and he's like, I'm going to arrest you. I'm like, oh, why would you want to arrest me for? I'm a good guy. And, like, dude, after, like, three or four days, it finally wore off. I'm like, you know what? That was not a good decision. <laughs> but I made it back. It was no big deal. Like I said, it's money, man. It could be made any time. It's, it's not, I haven't stopped printing it yet, you know? Exactly. So I was like, whatever. You know, but I had fun. Of course. Of course you did. Dude, this is a great hang, and we got to get you to come back sometime. Anytime, Let's bro. do this again because there's still a lot more stories. Oh, I got we hundreds document. of them, bro. Before we get out of here, plug all your endeavors. Yes. Okay, so um, if you want to go on Facebook and follow me, it's DC from D3. Um, if you want to go on for MB Nation, I have if on Facebook, it's The MB Nation. Click on that. You can follow me on Facebook at MB Nation, The MB Nation. Also on Instagram, Instagram.com, The MB Nation. Um, just the initials MB, then Nation. You can follow me there, The MB Nation. Also, my website is www.mbnation.net. Support us, buy some stuff, because we love to support people. And without you guys supporting us, it's hard for us to support everybody else. But, again, that's who we are. That's what we do. Have a great day, man. Thank you. Dominic Cedino, you're a great human being, and thank you for coming in today. I appreciate it, it man. Thank great you. conversation today, and I enjoyed the stories. It's already been an hour? Yeah, believe wow. it or not. Yeah, I would let this go longer, but we're <laughs> launching a new uh, daily fantasy football show tonight. Oh, cool, man. It's not going to be on the video. It's going to be more on the audio side of things, so i got to prepare myself for there that. But before we get out of here, much love to EJA Moving Services. Joey's at 307, now serving alcohol. So go to Joey's at 307 on Mohawk Street, get a delicious meal, and drink some booze. Shout out to Utica Coffee, my attorney Dave Longaretta, Saranac Brewery, Billy the Liquor Guy, author of the book Under Too Long. It's an amazing book. Go to Amazon or wherever you get your books. Check out Under Too Long. And also, big ups to ballwash.com. Go to ballwash.com yes. and type in promo code members only for a 15% discount and get yourself some nut rub. Tomorrow, I'm coming back with the proprietor of Borderland Festival. It's a great festival out in Buffalo. East Aurora, I'm there. I'll be working all next week, so uh, it's a great show. If you guys want to see some great music and see some great art, you'll hear all about it tomorrow with my guest, Jen Brazil. Follow, like, subscribe, all things Disruption Network on social media, and you guys all have yourself a good day. Later. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to contribute and help with the cost of the producing this podcast, you can hit our virtual tip jar on Venmo at XYTODA. Please subscribe on all our podcast platforms. Follow, like, and subscribe All Things Disruption Network on social media. And visit our website, disruptionnetwork.net.